I challenge you to participate in the Brown Initiative. Find out how on this episode of Pushback. you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Johnny here again, and this is Pushback. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in each week. I'm so grateful for my regular listeners who have been uh, so uh, faithful in listening to these important topics that have been coming out every week. Uh, There's been so much happening in our culture, and that has been the heart driving this podcast since I began just this January. Uh, I have been really fired up about uh, this topic, and my wife will be uh, the first to testify to that uh, this week because I've come home from work a few times after listening to the news and listening to the commentaries uh, about our discussion on race in this country. And uh, I, I feel... I guess for lack of a better word, agitated in my spirit, because I feel that as the conversation is continuing, we're sort of missing the forest through the trees. I feel like even as people speak, and I'll even give you some examples to this, that they are well-meaning and all of our hearts is to bring healing and reconciliation to this important topic. Yet I feel like even as we talk about it and the way that we talk about it, it's actually perpetuating the very problem that's there. I would like to refer you back to last week's podcast uh, entitled The Answer is Black and White. And I don't mean to imply in that title that it's a simple solution. Uh, that it's easy and it's it's straightforward. What I'm implying in that title is that there is a division that has taken place in our country. And it's even the way that we speak about it. And it's time that we actually change the narrative in the way that we speak to actually bring about real change. What we've been doing isn't working, clearly. We just go from one crisis to the next crisis. and And to be frank with you, it's frustrating me. It has to be frustrating to those who feel victimized by our culture, that we just wait until the next event, and then there are protests and there are, 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 are a, a mob reaction that takes place until we get to the next one. And there sort of been, has been this condescending pat on the head, oh, everything will be okay. And we know that it's not okay. We have to stop this cycle. There is a cycle. There's a a systemic problem in our country of us versus them. And we have been placed and we put ourselves into these boxes and these places. And and, and so much of it is, is just so ludicrous because it's based on things that we can't even control. For instance, like our skin color. And as I explained last week, I don't believe there's skin color at all. I believe that we're all just different shades of brown. And my faith and science backs that up. I will recap that in a little while. But what I want to talk about this week is how this systemic problem begins and how it's perpetuated in our society in the way that we speak and even in the way that we raise our children. 
Studies have shown that by age three to five, children are actually learning issues of what we would consider to be race, race relations, the way that we speak with each other. Um, age three to five is when children are learning, interestingly, their colors, they're learning their differences in their bodies and appearances, and they begin to ask questions. And this, my friends, I believe is the critical time to implement the truth that there are no races. What would happen if we injected that realm of truth to our children early on? Now you're like, hey, Dr. Johnny, you're in, into brainwashing. This isn't brainwashing. This is actually science. This is actually the truth of who we are as a, as a human race. See, racism is taught. I don't think anybody could argue that truth. Racism is taught. So I believe that no races can be taught. See, when children start asking questions like, why am I blonde? Why is her hair black? Why is he so tall? Why is his skin so dark? See, I believe that's our opportunity where we actually begin the conversation with our children that this is the diversity that we would expect to see from our creator God. And that we're all just different shades of brown and there's not one better than the other. In fact, in the eyes of our creator, God, we are all loved equally, thoroughly, completely. This is the narrative that we need to begin with our children, with my children. I was just talking about this with my wife. I want them to hear these podcasts, sit down together. as a, We need to sit down together as a family and we need to talk about this now. Before the tentacles of this world and the things that have been ingrained in our society and our culture begin to take hold of them and begin to skew the way that they see life. See, we are, his, are their parents and we need to be the driving force. Racism is taught. My son and I just sat down and watched the movie Just Mercy movie with Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx, uh, excellently done. And also, it just drives you crazy. I watched this movie, and, and what rises in me is, is justice and anger and all those emotions that are supposed to be there. I believe it is a timely movie, and I believe that it's an excellent movie. And it highlights the systemic problem. There is a systemic problem, and it has existed, as I explained last week, from the beginning of time. And it's a problem of superiority and insecurity. And both of those, of course, are rooted in the problem of identity and who we are. See, how do you recruit somebody to become a racist? How do you recruit somebody to see somebody, to see the world skewed through the eyes of a racist? You do that by, by, by implementing the idea that they are superior to someone else. And that, and that there is something against you. It's interesting. They've done a study actually how people are recruited into gangs. And, and the way they recruit people into gangs is by giving them a victim mentality that there, there are people that are against them. And that if you don't do something about it, that you will be squashed. And, and that is inherent in, in, in racism. There's a, there's a place of that you need to understand that you are superior. And if you don't understand that, and if you become weak-kneed about the topic, that you will be crushed by the opposition. 
It's a them versus us. It's a black versus white. I am so fired up about this because I believe that term, even the terms black and white, think about it, people. Think about this with me. It is the polar opposite. We've actually labeled ourselves to actually create a, divi- a, divi- a, divi- a diversity that is so strong that we're actually calling it black and white, even though black people aren't black and white people aren't white. It actually speaks to the systemic problem. And that's what's gotten me fired up all this week. As I've listening to well-meaning people on TV and on the radio, speaking about this problem, black people and white people. And, and they talk about these in terms of black people and white people. And even though there are well-meaning and, and there are many people who are falling on the sword and taking responsibility and, and wanting to step into that place where we, we want to create and, and cultivate real change, they're unknowingly continuing this divisive rhetoric in the way they actually phrase the problem. I heard one people say, one person say, this isn't a black problem, this is a white problem. Now that sounds super noble. It was a white person that said it. And they're saying that we are the problem. It sounds noble, but the sentence itself actually perpetuates the problem. I hope you're hearing me in this. Referring to them as black people and referring to us as white people is creating a division and, and, a, and a separation in the way that we actually live life as a society. I heard somebody say that we can't just continue to put a bandage on a dirty wound. We actually have to find the antiseptic. And he proposed the question, what is it? What is the antiseptic? And the, and, and the point is that he has no idea. I appreciate him being forthright and, and, and bringing this problem forward and saying that we can't just keep sugarcoating this issue. I get it. But even he is saying, I don't know what the answer is. I believe that the answer is faith and science that says that there are no races. We need to change the conversation. Last week, I explained that in the Human Genome Project, this is actually a scientific endeavor, they actually expected to see five different sort of evolutionary trees that actually would show the diversity that we see in races. And guess what? They didn't see that at all. They actually saw that there's only one race, the human race. That you can take two people in Europe, and they, one of them could actually have more in common with an Asian person than with each other. It's because of the, the genetic makeup actually lines up perfectly with what we would expect to see in the Bible. And the Bible says that God created man and woman, placed them in the garden, and most likely their skin was medium brown, because in their genetics then would be the diversity that we would see. Clearly see. It's Mendelian genetics, people. Look it up. This every color that we see in our society today is explained by simply genetic shuffling between two medium browned people. We are all offspring of Adam and Eve and then ultimately Noah, if you believe the historical account of the Bible. We are we are truly brothers and sisters. It plays out in the genome 
It plays out in scripture. And this is the answer. It's the truth is always what sets us free. And if we believe the evolutionary propaganda, if we believe the rhetoric that we are diverse races trying to live copacetically with each other, it actually is contrary to the Father's original heart, and it actually is contrary to science itself. The answer is race of, of racism is actually to abolish races. There, there are no races. If we start from that premise and we actually train our children to understand who we are, then actually the walls of racism will actually come down. Now, I know that even uh, trying to bring truth and implement truth into people's life um, and mind doesn't always bring change. It has to be within the heart, and I understand that. But, but knowledge goes a long way. And if we can understand who we are and our identity then we can understand that the way that we look at each other based on skin culture, a skin color is ludicrous. Even in my own family, and especially after being in the sun all day, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm more brown than my wife is. My wife is more brown than my daughter is. Even in our own family, you could say that we have diversity. I know some people's eyebrows will raise and say, what, what are you talking about? It's all melanocytes. I stimulated my melanocytes today by being out in the sun, and now I'm more brown. It's, it's ludicrous the way that we talk about skin color as if that is some kind of black and white issue that separates us. Now, I know historically it does, but we are trying to change history. We are trying to implement and inject truth into the way that we have lived culture so that there is actually a real change. And it changes in our heart and it changes in our brain. Now, I know it's easy for you to say, well, that's easy for you to say, Dr. Johnny, because you're a white man. And for you to say this is just implying that you don't really want to deal with the problem. Or you may say, well, so many people in the past have said that we're just supposed to be colorblind and they roll their eyes. And I, and I agree with that to a certain extent because it doesn't do anybody any good to ignore the problem. But I am looking to actually solve the problem through my faith, the truth of my faith, and through science. The Bible says in Acts that we are actually created as one blood. And the Human Genome Project says that we are one race, the human race. If we began to refer to people as they actually are, brown, I think that it might actually change the culture in which we live. See, right now, we so flippantly talk about white neighborhoods and black neighborhoods. What if we referred to them as brown neighborhoods? Then I would fit into that neighborhood no matter what because I'm brown. What about white churches and black churches? What if they were just brown churches? then I could enter into any church and be accepted. And isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we're looking for? Isn't that what we're hoping for as Americans, as culturally relevant Americans, that we see each other as brothers and sisters and that we stop putting up lines of division, even in the way that we speak? 
What about black shows and white shows and arts and entertainment? We segregate them even in the way that we speak. And we think we're being culturally diverse, but actually what we're doing is we're putting people into boxes, into labels. My family and I have actually been somewhat binge watching the movie or the, the TV show Psych. I know many people have enjoyed that show and we're probably three-fourths of the way through it and, and we are enjoying it. And of course, it features a white man and a black man as best friends. And, and, and last episode, they began with even what I would consider to be white and black humor, making fun of each other, even racially. And, and for some reason, we think that's okay. A black comedian can go on TV and, and, and make the most racially charged jokes about themselves and about white people, and we laugh. Why is that okay? And why is that not part of the problem? <laughs> See, my friends, what we're doing right now isn't working. And so we think, well, if we can make fun of each other and laugh at each other, that maybe that will be that antiseptic that that man was referring to. I promise you that it's not. It only changes within our heart. Now, I don't want to be insensitive about the past. Even just watching this movie, I know this is Hollywood and not reality, but it was based on a true story. But watching the movie Just Mercy, I see the outrage. I see it. And maybe I can't fully understand it because I've never experienced that. But I see it. I, 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 I know that it's real. I'm not being naive to the events of the past in our history, even in this country, or even in the past two weeks. But I want to be actually so sensitive that I don't want to just drift away from this event that took place. Like all other events of violence, police brutality, protests, the things that people actually care about, the injustices of our country. I don't want them to just, to just sweep them away. I want to actually try to implement a real solution. I don't want to be referred to as a white man that just pats you on the head and say everything will be okay. See, this happened in my state. I love my state. I love Minnesota. It's a great place to live. But this happened in my state and I take that personally. I've begun a podcast that speaks to culture. At the beginning of my show, I say, if you're concerned about the direction our culture is headed, then maybe it's time to push back. Well, my friends, I am concerned. I am very concerned about the racial tension that is taking place in our country because I believe that labeling us as races is not only anti-biblical, it's anti-science, and I believe it's actually anti-Christ. Jesus came and he died for everyone. His blood was shed for every person on this earth. Not for just the Jews, not for just the whites, not for just the blacks, the yellows, the, all the different labels that we put on each other. So because of that, I would like to actually start what I'm going to refer to as the Brown Initiative. The Brown Initiative. And what it's going to start with this is just the start. I'm not going to refer to people as black and white any longer. 
I'm going to consider that to be offensive. First of all, it's not accurate because they aren't black and white. Second of all, it's divisive. We are, let's call it like it is. We are all brown. <laughs> and so in reference to skin color, I am going to only use the word brown. Now you may say that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Or that's insensitive. Or that's trying to make a big issue into a small issue. No, I think it's actually quite the opposite. I think it's actually getting to the issue. So I'm asking you to join me. Try it for 30 days. And I predict it will actually make the topic feel as preposterous as it really is. I believe that if we refer to some people as darker brown and some as lighter brown or you as medium brown, I think it's going to actually show the preposterousness of really what's happening in our culture. It's like Dr. Seuss in the Sneetches. Well, we're going to see the plain belly Sneetches and some with stars upon the hearts. It's, it's so silly, just like the Dr. Seuss book. If you haven't read it for a while, read it because it's all about racism. And if you are unwilling to do this or you think, think it's stupid, then I'm going to ask you, why? Why? Does it make it too hard to distinguish us from them? Is there something in you that refuses to accept the Bible? Or the truth about science and what it says about us as a people, as a human race? Why is this not part of the solution? I believe it is. It's just a start. And even if you think it's silly, try it. See, we can't just learn to get along as separate, segregated people. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked, and it will continue to not work. If only white people would listen, if only black people would calm down, and we label, that sentence itself actually labels us as two separate people just trying to get along. How about we actually lean into the truth that we are one people, that we are one nation, that we are, they are, we are one people loved by a one creator God. I challenge you to share this with others, this podcast, and challenge them to join you. Because, because this topic is going to be talked about. This topic will continue to be talked about over the next weeks, and I hope it does. I hope it stays in the forefront of conversation because it is so stinking important. Share with this with others and challenge them to join you. Go to gofam.org. Click on the media page and you'll find my pushback my pushback link. Lead, leave me some feedback. If you're doing this, tell me that you're doing this. Tell, tell me that you're joining us and I want to get your feedback on how it goes and how it feels to even change the way that we speak. See, I'm not doing this so that it makes me feel better about being a lighter brown person in Minnesota. <laughs> I'm actually fired up about this. And I'm putting myself out there. I know that there's some people who will hear this and call me a racist. But I like to think, as God is my witness in my very spirit, that I have to be the least racist person because I don't think there's races at all. I don't see those darker brown people as different than me, separate than me, 
inferior to me. It doesn't make sense. And it has to start with me. It has to start with my children. We're the ones that have to realize that this is worth changing, worth fighting for. So let's change the narrative, change the way that we speak, teach our children how to speak, not implement damage control and not pursue legislation. You can't legislate behavior. We have to change our hearts, change the way that we think, change the way that we speak and change our understanding of the problem. So now let's go together and set and shape the culture. 